You're listening to the Kingdom Culture Church Podcast. To connect with us, hop on social media or go to kingdomculturechurch.com.au. Thank you so much. You're all amazing. Please take your seats. Or the temptation to adjust is too much. Oh, another one. Great. The temptation in life is to really go quick and move on to the... We live in a generation, all of us, a generation of the quick. The, we flick the screen, we move it across, we do all these things because we need to move on. We need to get to the next thing, the next thing that will give us a bit of a dopamine hit, the next thing that will engage us. And, and um, I don't want to do that tonight. I don't want to take lo- a long time necessarily, but I really want us to invite the Holy Spirit into, the, into this place. Now we have in the worship and so on, but I think it's so important that we understand that he's never in a hurry with us. Because what we like to do is we need instant fixes or I'm not happy. But I don't need an instant fix. I need a Jesus fix. I need that whatever it takes to bring me to the next place that he wants to do, work, the next thing he wants to do in my life. And so it's really important that we don't just go, so I'm talking about finance today, money, unashamedly about that, but because I believe God wants to break off some strongholds. I do. I really, really do. Uh, As we get into the word, you'll see where I'm coming from, but I believe it's strongholds we're talking about. We're not just talking about, oh, if you want to give, you give. If you don't, you don't. I believe this whole area's got really murky and really, and the enemy hates it. He hates hates us doing well in finance. He helps us, he hates us prospering. He hates us giving well. Because when he he recognises that it's a weapon, in our hand, when we actually open up ourselves to what God wants to do, God blesses us and releases more into our lives so that we can go uh, and do more with it. Now, I love this church, and um, I pinch myself. I do. Um, I'm not even sure. Well, I do know what this is about. When I was 53, we came back from China. We'd been in China two years, and we were like... Um, we got invited to be the adult pastors, looking after the adult demographic. And I was very much like, oh, great, you know. I didn't really, th- we prayed about it and we felt it was God. And I just thought, you know, 10 year slide into retirement. <laughs> it was more like, Zhoo! no. But God had other plans. See, God stepped into my Egypt. What Egypt does he want to step into yours tonight? This song gets a lot of things from me, doesn't it? Quite a lot of it. But what Egypt, what Egypt are you going to allow God to step into tonight? You see, as I talked about last week, what we've got to understand is that Egypt has left a mark. Now, we are free, we are, we're born again, we're, we, we have nothing... We, God has, Jesus has given the ultimate sacrifice, we're set free, we're no longer slaves to sin, we're not sinners, God has redeemed us, but it can leave a mark if we allow it, if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to be that spirit without measure in our lives and we hold things back from him, it can leave that mark. But he stepped into my, my Egypt. Now, why I say I unapologetically want to talk about finance and money is because if I come across to you, if I want to say something to Gabby or Fred when Fred was younger, and I was a bit like, oh, you know, uh, that, that my maybe would become their definitely not. So it's really important that you understand that I'm very clear on this um, in, a, in a leadership capacity. So we're talking about the legacy offering, which is next Sunday. So legacy offering is our big... Um, above and beyond offering. It's not our, our, what we normally give each week, our tithing or our giving. It's not that reallocated to that. It's actually above and beyond. So this is a very, very, very biblical principle, but, and I don't have time to go into that side of it, but it is, there is something about sacrifice. There just is. 
Um, you know, I love that Jesus sacrificed for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, there are things in life that we sacrifice for him. There, the Christian walk is a sacrificial walk. Now, we go, oh, we live in the West, we, and we don't recognize it that much. You give your heart to Jesus in China, you give your heart to Jesus in India, you will know what it is to live sacrificially. You could, give, you could literally give your sacrifice of your life for Jesus Christ. We are blessed beyond belief to live in a country like we do, and we should never, ever take it for granted. So... Uh, I've been enjoying preaching about the household of faith last week. So above, me, above and beyond is what makes us a household of faith. So lots of all our family units, those are households of faith. That if those households of faith aren't moving as a house, in the household of faith, we don't have a household of faith in this, in this building. So it's all connected. Everything that we do is connected. God's building us together. So the above and beyonds of God, they're so important. Without the above and beyonds of God, the things that are too big for us, the circumstances, the complicated stuff that's too difficult to resolve, we know we don't have to utilize faith. God's asking us to utilize faith. So what is legacy for? It's for us to utilize our faith. Household of faith, legacy offering. What do we use it for? Well, I'm believing for um, 25,000 and above. Um, I mean, we can clap it, but you know, I mean, but, but, and I believe, you know, we've, we've done some amazing things. God has done, just so bless us. And I can't thank you all enough because I'm realizing it's you guys that put your hands in your pocket. Absolutely. I get that. But we bring of our increase. We bring of the overflow of what God has given us. Somebody said to me this morning, and sometimes we do forget this. We do forget that Jesus doesn't actually have to do anything more from us, for us. You know, if he never gave us much money, actually his sacrifice and the gift of life that he's given me is more than enough. But somehow, somehow he suddenly goes, hey, I want to bless you financially. I want to bless you in your business. I want to bless you in what you've got to do. So we've... Very quickly, we built a multi-purpose kids area that we used for the office. Amazing. We painted this building. We've upgraded the bathroom facilities. We've helped launch our first album. Um, and and it's, it, that goes on and it, it, it carries on. But this year, we got some great God-given initiatives and we'll go into detail next week. One of the small, smaller things, yet really important things, is Pastor Andrew Mizram, who, who we go and visit every year. and We, we um, strengthen them at the hand of the work that they're doing in the Bible school. We're currently giving them $300 a month, which just goes to food, just for food. It, $300 a month is not a lot of money if you you know, I mean, um, so it just goes for all their family's food. Um, and and we, they, every time he gets that money, he gives me a call, sends me a text, says, thank you, brother, for sending it. Please tell the family I love them. And I forget to pass it on to you. Um, and then we, and, and, um, and we had a video call, conference with him the other day and he was out in his garden sowing mustard seed because um, he's no longer working as the, as the, um, in, in the college because there's no students. And because the students are all from Burma and around India, and they don't have in strong internet in their village, so they can't do Zoom. And we think we have a difficult life. Yeah. You know, and he's out there dripping with sweat, sowing mustard seed, and, um, and happy as Larry. Like, he's just really happy. And, and he, anyway, he sends love. But I would like us to up that to 400. We're going to do that anyway, whatever, without, whatever the result of um, giving it. So, setting it all up. You and I are in a, uh, we're sitting in a boat on the edge of this vast ocean, uh, which we call Spirit Without Measure. This is what we call this year. Now, we feel called out into the deep. I know we do. There's something in you that says, I want to go deeper. There is. There's something deep inside of us that won't be satisfied until we push away from the shore. And some of us are paddling along the shore, and I'm going to go there financially. We're going, I don't know, I don't know, and that my safety thing, and I go to the end of the rope, and then I pull back into the shore. So spirit without measure is going to challenge us in our thinking. Yeah? It should. Spirit without measure is going to challenge our concept of what we can and can't do with these bodies. We are the Holy Spirit, the temple of the Holy Spirit. What we, we, the, spirit of, the spirit without measure is going to, Challenge us to what we will and won't open our minds up to. Yeah. 
what we will and won't allow in our homes. Spirit without measure. Yay. We thought spirit without measure was non-stop encounter. We thought it was God's chills and thrills, love all of that, you know me laughing and all of that. We thought it was endless worship nights. We thought it was endless worship nights. I love endless worship nights. Nothing wrong with that. But spirit without measure is ministry. It is work. It is home life. It is finances. Spirit without measure is not a Sunday sensation, but a lifetime experience following after and being taught by the Holy Spirit. And I love I love that I'm in a room of people. I just like seeing your faces. This is much better. Spirit without measure is about following after the Holy Spirit and being taught by Him all the days of our life. Not one week off or a year off and then I'll come back or I'll have my kids, I'll take time off church for 20 years and then I'll come back and expect God to bless me. Now He will bless you, but you've lost a big chunk somewhere. Don't lose chunks. So, Each generation, the Holy Spirit will graciously teach us about what it is to be generous people in heart, action, time, and finance. And this is our time. This is our time. Not just tonight, we'll we'll be doing this a lot, but over the years, no. But this is our time right now, this moment. Heart, action, time, and finance. So are we a generous church family or not? Well, I want to tell you that you are. Great. We are a generous church family. That's at the heart of the church. Now, I would say, I want to break that down. As a group, we most definitely are. Then I want to break it down a bit further. So as individuals, it would be safe to say that there are quite a few of us, quite a number, still making up our minds whether we want to contribute to the life of this church financially. Okay. Don't get distracted by the screen. I'm here. I'm going to start this bit again. So as individuals, it would be safe to say there are quite a number of us still making up our minds whether we will contribute to the life of the church financially or not. And there are some who may not realize the blessing that's released in covenant giving, but they're giving. That's wonderful. So I want to address those things because I believe God wants to move us from uncertainty to certainty and blessing. And... That's amazing. And there's some people that have got no church background and they've got no idea. Somebody said to me the other day, I had no idea, I can't even remember what it was, that we were supposed to do that. You see, we, we, people aren't churched. Okay, put my cards on the table. You might call KCC home, but you might be supporting other ministries. So you may love Joyce Meyer Ministries, amazing woman of God, hallelujah. But Joyce herself has an amazing teaching on this. So she says... You give your tithe, your tenth, your giving to your place of worship, the place that you call home. And the gifts, the over and above your, your regular giving, you release to the body of Christ. So it's not instead of, it's above. Really, really important. You understand that. Yeah. So Sister Joyce, she knows that, you won't, that she won't be here holding your hand and making you a cup of tea when you're in trouble. She won't be counselling with you when you've got a problem and you need a friend. She won't be here each week breaking open the word of God to you. Our leadership, our church family, we will be. You don't eat at McDonald's and pay at Hungry Jack's. Okay. So I just, my desire, the Holy Spirit's desire, I believe, is that you will go away with a new understanding of the blessing God releases over you when you bring, uh, when you honor God with your finances. That's all this is about. But it is a powerful word, and it is actually a stronghold that we are looking at tonight. So I want to preach from the book of Malachi. Everyone said, where's that? That is the last book in the Old Testament next to uh, the New Testament. That's big and amazing. So... Um, now, if you need a moment, say, give me a moment to find it. Who's got a Bible, a literal Bible? I mean, a physical Bible. Oh, Caleb. Kimmy's got one. Kimmy's already, oh, she's already in Malachi. She cheated. She saw my notes. Okay. 
So who's Malachi? He's a minor prophet in the, in the Bible. He was actually the last, uh, they, they reckon there was like 400 years um, where God didn't speak before Jesus came and, and so on. But anyway, so it says in Malachi 3 verse 10, bring all the tithes into the house. Note the word all. The tithes into the house. That there may be food in my house and try me now or prove me now in this. Says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Now, even when I read that, and I've read this a lot this week and the last few, this, over this last month, I still go, what? I'm making room for you, but actually you're saying, I can't make enough room for the blessing that you want to pour into my life. Yeah. Even that is a stronghold shift, I believe. What? You, what? you actually want to bless me beyond what I can even ask or think. Anyone got more room here tonight? Don't sound convinced. I need a more convincing audience before I move on. Or we're going to go really slow. Anyone here feel like there's more room for God? Because it's really important. Because, you see, God says, I want to pour out to you so you won't even be able to contain it. He says, I want to make... Um, pour into you that you just don't have enough room. He says, I want to bless you so much you won't even have enough time, it says, to haul in the amount of harvest there is. Imagine if that was souls. And it's not even just imagine. That is the souls that he's talking about. We won't have time. We need to understand what he's saying is we have to have our minds blown open by this, the spirit of measure to come in and do something in our minds that we can even comprehend, if you like. But he says, I'm going to give you so many opportunities that the employers are going to be fighting over you. Don't listen to the world that says, oh, you know, the job market. No, no, no. God says, you honor me in these things and I will honor you. I will bless you. He says, there's going to be so many opportunities, doors swinging open for you. You're not going to be saying, God, make a way. You're going to say, God, help me choose which one I'm supposed to get into. You're going to be in receipt of so much blessing that you're going to have to offload it onto your children and onto your children's children. We can live our life from a lockdown mentality where we're sort of like freedom, prosperity, abundance, suspicious of it. Or we can go, you know what? I'm going to move from that into this. Jesus said in the world you'll have tribulation or trouble, difficulty, obstacles. But he didn't say, and that's all you'll ever know. He said your life will be punctuated with that stuff. But I'm blessing you. And I want to bless you. And I want to increase you. And actually, tribulation trial never actually shuts people down. It expands them anyway. But that's a whole other preaching topic. Okay. So this is not about, this is not just for you, he's saying, and this is the theme that we've been talking about, but he says, I'm about to pour into your life generational blessings. And that has got to be a good thing. Even if we don't fully understand it, it means what you're sowing now is going to be a rich harvest for the next generation. I believe God's raising up and convincing us of the need to be a people who sacrifice for the next Sacrifice for the next. Sacrifice for the next. Sam, Sam Cockgrove, I just really felt for you that God was saying he's doing a generational work in your heart and that he's fathering you. This is a season of fathering you and that the orphan spirit can't have you and that it's a work of the heart and he's saying, stay with me and he's saying, relax. And what he's saying, don't fill the hole. Don't fill it with relationships. Don't fill it with busy. Don't fill it with the usual. Don't fill it with the obvious. Take long walks. Sing your voice hoarse. Shout to the Lord. Lord, I need you. And then your testimony will be, Lord, I needed you. Lord, I found you. The beauty of, the beauty of words from God is that we recognize ourselves in them. And if we're truthful and we understand, actually the keys that are given in words still can open doors for us. So just because you're not called out or, you know, I never get a word. Actually, you got a word. You can use that key. He's, not, he's very liberal. God's very, very liberal. You know, here's a key for you and a key for you. He's a bit like Oprah. A key for you, a key for you. You have a car, you have a car. Anna, my beautiful daughter-in-law, 
Lord says, I don't know, I just get wriggle room now. But God says, more room. I'm keeping you close at hand. And you, after you've been on this adventure with me, you're not going to care what anyone thinks about you ever again. And dipping in and opting out, God says you're diving in and you're finding your stroke. You know, and people have said to you, do backstroke. And you go, yes, I'm obedient, backstroke. And they do, do butterfly, yay. God says, I'm bringing you into a season where you're going to feel free to do them all. And it's the breathing that's been the problem, the ability to breathe in the situation. And God says he's expanding your lungs. And he's saying, you're going to get into the the flow of the river in a way that you never thought possible. And I just saw you in, in a picture. You were just like a fish. I mean, you were just at one with the water. And you have been, but it's like God is saying, no, no, deeper, deeper, deeper. And you're going to be at one with the water of the Holy Spirit. And there's going to, it, life is going to come with such an ease. But it's, going to, it, it, it's life with ease after a life of under the hand of God. And whatever that means to you. And can I just say, sometimes when we, we give words to leaders, um, it's not alluding to anything Leaders need words as much as anyone. You know, it's just a case of God said, hey, I want to speak to them tonight. Do it. So, you know, it's just a case of, I think our leaders, I, I love our leaders to bit. So our leaders need to be the ones that are often the first on the prayer line. I mean, we need to pray for people, so we can't always be doing that. But, you know, I want our leaders to be quick to answer the Holy Spirit because I can't expect you to be quick to answer the Holy Spirit if I don't and my leaders aren't open to it. And if we don't want to have words that God speaks very directly to us, and can sometimes, let's be honest, when you get a word, it can be a little bit like, be exposed. But actually, God doesn't expose us. He loves on us. And he does it for a reason. He's a, he's a good, good father. So back to this, which then it says in verse 11 of Malachi. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, yeah. So just felt like God was saying also for us as a church, he's going to strip away pretense. And in fact, that came up in that song. I didn't know it was in that song but, uh, about pretense. Um, God is stripping away pretense. I didn't get anything more, but as a church, that's a word for our church. He's stripping away pretense. But it's a safe place for us to be able to be stripped of that. So in verse 11 of Malachi 3, it says, says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed. Sounds like the Abrahamic... um, Blessing that we were talking about last week about Abraham, where all nations and you shall be blessed. Well, he says that all nations will call you blessed. Why? Because you've learned to honor me with your finances. And people are going to look and go, wow. Not, I want money, but I want what they've got. I want relationship with this amazing God. Um, yeah. So he says, I will rebuke. The devourer. And that that word devourer means anything that eats you up. You know, the stuff in life that eats us up. But God says, I'm going to rebuke that. He doesn't say I'm going to rebuke you. He says, I'm going to rebuke that. You see, when we give ourselves to God in these areas, he actually rebukes the thing that was holding us and sets us free. I mean, that word rebuke means to be like a father does a son. He's going to rebuke the things that are not son-like in our character. And that's such an important thing to understand the things that have eaten us up. Why? Because he wants to replace it with the thing that ate Jesus up. Says, the zeal for my father's house has eaten me up. That's what was said of Jesus in John 2. The zeal of my father's house has eaten me up. Powerful. So, the Lord says in these scriptures and in Hosea and other Minor prophet, my people lack from, perish from a lack of knowledge. So it's really important that we understand that knowledge is a really valuable tool for the believer. Yeah. Really valuable tool for the believer. Yeah, right. And um, by inference, it means that my people will flourish and grow and expand when they learn from me. So 
I just want to say that to you. You know, sometimes people go, you know, well, I've, I, you know, why doesn't God bless me like he blesses that one? You know, well, I bought these, we bought these seeds in America, um, rocket and tomato, tomatoes, tomatoes, tomatoes. And um, two years ago. So where's my harvest? Where's my harvest? It's still in the packet. So God wants to rip the packet open tonight. So we're going to spend a bit of time just breaking open a few, some of the truths in the scripture over, uh, over giving, and that's really, really important. So what, uh, we're going to get a bit teachy, which is great. So the promise in Malachi is a bilateral covenant. That means that there are two parties involved, and they both have a responsibility to play. So if you will, uh, if you will give, I will pour out to you. If you will give, I will pour out to you. And we love that. Now, it's not a unilateral um, covenant. Uh, that's a one-person promise. So a, an example of uni- unilateral covenant is salvation. Jesus paid it all. It's free. He did everything. I can do nothing more. All I have to do is receive it. I give my life to him, and I step into that level of blessing. Yeah. Beautiful. Absolutely. Wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Salvation. I'm an heir of salvation. All you do is live and breathe, believe on Jesus, walk after him, follow in this truth, become heir of salvation, be a disciple of his. But a bilateral covenant says, if you do this, I will do that. That's the difference. Now, don't be fed the line that says Jesus did away with bilateral covenant. It's not true. So, Paul, Romans, I beg you, brothers and sisters, present your bodies a living sacrifice. That you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You do it. He's not, Jesus, the Holy Spirit doesn't come in and go, I'm going to pick up Jacob, man, I'm going to sacrifice him. (laughs) 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 Prophetic words. Prophetic words are amazing. But if Sam Cockroves turns around and walks out of here and goes, see you later, God, that prophetic word is nowhere. Some people choose not to avail themselves of two-way, the two-way street that covenant is, but that's really important that we do. Um, it's important that we understand where we're going. So tithing or giving is something you do from the heart, but it's still a discipline. God isn't going to go into your bank account and do electronic transfers on your behalf. Um, it's, you know, it's not enough to get all worked up. Jesse Rose gave an amazing um, giving message last week. Yeah. Dan gave an amazing um, giving message this week. But God isn't trying to stir us up for one week. He's not trying to guilt trip us into giving. He's saying, I want you to have a lifestyle and a freedom in giving. And that's the difference. Um, He's talking about being consistent. I don't know whether you're getting a pattern over this last few months about God is actually, in all different areas of church, I've noticed that God is really doing some deep work. And and it's in the area of consistency. It's like, I'm not consistent, I need to be consistent. And it's not just one person. I think he's actually talking to all of us. Um, There's some that are more high profile in the sense of what's happening in their lives, maybe. But actually, there's so many areas God is saying to me, consistency, consistency, consistency. It's uncomfortable. However, it's not a roller coaster ride. Giving is not a roller coaster ride. It's not one week off, on, two weeks off. It's not um, now I'm up, now I'm down, now I'm heading out of town. It's not now I'm in, now I'm out, I'm shaking all about, so I'm not bothering anymore. It's consistent. It's when things are good, I give. When they're bad, I give. When When it's good, I serve. When it's bad, I serve. Sounds like walking with Jesus. You have to be consistent with money in handling your money to make it work. It's just the truth. 
you know, we, we over-spiritualize this whole stuff. I made a decision 46 years ago to honor God with my money. I didn't know what I was doing, but I made a decision to honor God with my money, set aside a portion a week and give it. I've been in good churches. I've been in not-so-good churches. I've been under good leadership, and I've been under poor leadership. I've been in wealthy churches. I've been in poor churches. It sounds like a country and western song. Um, but the, <laughs> but the, dis, the deciding point for me, we should write a song about that. <laughs> it's got to have twang. <laughs> Yeehaw. Um, but the deciding point for me in giving was not the type of church, not the type of leadership, not the financial condition of the church. It was the condition of my heart to give as unto the Lord. See, my eyes, my eyes and my emotions will trip me up. You know, I wonder if they're using my money wisely. The mission is still the same. So, let God take care. And if you've got concerns, ask. And there's a lady over here called Jan Thatcher, who I do the books with. The most amazing, encouraging woman. She's always going, I don't believe this. This is so amazing. People giving like this. And it's just the sort of person I want in my life. Yeah, she can easily tell you what we give to and what we do with it, you know, but trust us. Okay, consistency plus time bring effective results. That's just how it is. Uh, You can't just think about tithing just for a few weeks and expect a result. It's not a, it's not a, it's not like a payout. It's a, God, you've blessed me, I'm giving to you. And then see what he'll do. I can tell you, I've never been without. Okay, point one. These are fairly quick points, so it's not really points. These are just steps on the way. Tithes is not a cuss word. So it's become a bit of a cuss word. Oh, we don't say tithe. You know, we say give and we say generosity and so on. But actually tithes, it just means a tenth. It's an old English word. It means a tenth. A tenth part of something paid as a voluntary offering. So... <clears throat> I find it a bit ridiculous that it's become to mean something negative because all it means is I a tenth. Have you given your tenth? Now, um, then you have like this thing of, oh, well, tithing is the law. Well, Jesus fulfilled the law. And then people go, well, therefore I'm free, so I don't have to give. No, no, Jesus fulfilled the law not to make it lesser, but actually said go above and beyond. He said, if you hate in your heart, you've murdered he said, don't commit adultery. And then under, in, the Old Testament, in the New Testament, he said, don't even look on a woman or a man to, with lust in your heart because you've committed adultery. So he went above and beyond. So I don't get the argument. So I'm just going to say what I really, really think, which is, hey, it's not 10. Actually, he's actually saying, don't just do 10, do more. Yeah. I said it and I didn't apologize. Sometimes I think, oh, I wonder how much we're giving. And then Heather will sometimes, she'll say to me, I'll find out like three years down the track. She goes, oh, we've been giving to so-and-so for about the last three years. Um, Above and beyond, not out of our type, above and beyond. And then I hear about somebody else and somebody else. Now, she does do all that. um, And and then I go, I just don't actually know how we do it. But that's how I like that. I like that. I don't know how we do it. I like that feeling of, you know what? It's a bit edgy. So the tithe, the tenth, the Bible says, is holy unto the Lord. Just take it from me, but then go home and have a look. If you set it aside for him, then it's worship. I don't have time to go into this section too much, but we have made worship something that it isn't. We've made worship all about music, all about the song, 
all about tongues, all about the feeling, when actually worship is all about consistency of life. Worship is how I live my life. Worship is how I give financially. Because what he said was, if you bring your tithe into the storehouse, it's a worship to me. It's a worship to me. I'll say it again. It's a worship to me. Finance is under worship. In fact, we should have Jesse Rose preaching about finances all the time. Then I wouldn't have to. Consistency brings results. Like, we know that. Um, we had an evangelist that came, and um, he did this prayer line. And then he said he felt he had, a, he had a ministry of praying for people to become slimmer. <laughs> to lose weight. Now... So he prayed for people to be slimmer. I want to be careful because I want us to be honouring. But say I lost 140 kilos on that night. But I didn't change my diet. Within a couple of years, I'd be 140 kilos. So... God is saying consistency is a really important thing. Consistency. Follow through. There are other seeds that need to be watered beside worship. Now, we we love worship in this house. Don't get me wrong. We're never going to displace it or whatever. But when I hear people say, I'm joining KCC for the worship, I go watch the space because... That is a one very one-sided facet of who we are. You know, wouldn't it be wonderful if you heard people say, I'm joining KCC because salvation is on the house. I'm joining KCC because I believe you guys model finance so well. And my finances are a total mess and I need help. Or whatever you want to put in that thing. Let's water the seed, all of the seeds. That is the season we're in, watering all of the seeds that God is putting in the ground for us to use. So, um, all right. So why does God um, ask for a tenth? Um, I don't think God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are sitting around in heaven and they go, look, there's all these people. You know, what should we ask them to give? Oh, I don't know. What do you think? 3%? Oh, six? <laughs> Up a bit? No, 12? No. <laughs> Pushing it. What about 10? Yes. 10 is good. 10 is good. There's something about the tenth, and we'll go into that in a little bit. Um, historically, they gave of, they were farming agriculture communities, so they raised sheep, they raised cows, they raised crops, grapes, things like that. And they didn't have money, it wasn't hard cash like us, it was, or wave, pay wave. Um, it was just that was it was. So you gave a lamb as your giving. So if you had 10 sheep, you gave one sheep. Wow. You had 10 bunches of grapes, you gave one. Yes. But what was happening was, they were going, oh, look, this crippled lamb, I can't use it, I can't sell it, I can't make money, I'll give that to God. The spoiled wine... I'll give that to God. Put that in your house, God, and use it. (laughs) Point two, it's the thought that counts. Now, Malachi 1 verse 6 says, so if I'm your father, where is the honour? If I'm your master, where's the respect? He's talking about the tithe and the giving. 
Verse 8, it says, when you offer worthless animals for sacrifices in worship, animals that you're trying to get rid of, blind and sick and crippled animals, isn't that defiling? Try a trick like that with your banker or your senator. How far do you think you would get? Malachi 1, verse 7. So the thing is, God is saying here, I don't want you to bring your worst. I want you to bring your best. The gift says something about the giver. I'm not going to give you something cheap. It says something about me. When I worked for Brick Company in Western Australia in the late 80s, and I hated the job with all my heart. So tell the truth. So I probably didn't do a great job. I don't know. I could have had an attitude problem. Anyway, I remember after about three years I left and they gave me a present. And it was... It was a spray-on Brute deodorant. I don't even know Brute, but Brute is like a dollar a pop, I think. They gave me a plastic stationery set. I mean, even then we weren't writing letters. And something else. And I've got to be honest, I didn't feel very valued. And this is the, what he's saying is, here's my blind lamb God, here's my crippled lamb. This is what I think of you. They brought God their worst, and he said, no, 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 it is the gift that counts, not the thought. It's the gift that counts. Because we know that because otherwise Cain's sacrifice would have been gladly received the same as Abel's. I'm going to leave that there. Point three, let's talk about ten. So our numbering system is based on 10. Our musical system is based on octaves, which is eight notes, and then it goes up a level, middle C to high C and so on. Um, that, great. But our, our numbering system is based around 10s, yes? yes? Great. So what we're saying is in the 10th te- the represents a part of the whole, and then when you go to 11, you're actually saying you're going up to the next level. So 11 is the next one on the next level. Right. Yep. I'm useless at math, so please forgive me if I'm making a really, really... If there's any math teachers in here, do not put your hand up. Don't tell me afterwards or I will die. (laughs) So what he's saying is, in the tenth of what you give, you bring to me, it represents the 90th. What's left? If you bring the tenth, I will bless the 90th. So really, really important that we understand that. Now, sometimes, you know, people go, um, you know, I don't give a tenth because I'm spiritual. I'm not mocking, even though I know people want to giggle a bit. But really, you know, when we go, I don't do, I'm free, all I would say to you is check back then over a year and see what percentage you gave. Because the Holy Spirit, I do not believe, would, would lead you to give less. I believe he would lead you in a lifestyle of more and over and above. That is my conviction. All of these points are quite hard to land, I have to be honest with you. <laughs> See, we go, I don't like that contract idea. I don't like this sort of bondagey thing and the covenant and da-da-da. Well, actually, you do. Because if you work for KFC and you do a good job, you're really happy when Mr. KFC sticks to the contract and the covenant and gives you your wages at the end of the week. I don't hear anyone going, oh, no, I don't want to stick to that covenant. You don't have to have those. You keep those wages. No, we all go, thank you for paying me part of the covenant. I'm a covenant keeper. (laughs) Hallelujah. So I'm just going to go through this. When you earn 750 and you set aside 75, which is 10% for the Lord, I'm just saying, and you can do more, um, you are saying that I'm bringing the 75 because it represents the 750, and God says it's represented by the 70. So the tithe, the tenth, represents the whole. It says the whole thing, God, belongs to you. In this tenth, the whole whole thing belongs to you. It's spiritual. That's why the 90% gets blessed. Yeah. That's why my money goes so far. Yeah. 
I can't say otherwise. I've got to give you my testimony because I can't talk about yours. And it's, and you know, it represents in the 10. And it's not a blessed 10%. And 90% God's a bit like, do what you like with it. No, no, he said the whole lot's blessed because you're faithfully giving. And why does he choose the 10th and give us the 90th? Because with the 90% that's left, he wants us to make wise choices and have free will and hear him. He wants, he wants us to hear his voice in our finances. Wants to hear his voice in our finances. Um, you go to a worship conference, I don't know, down in, in, in Brisbane. Bethel Worship's in town. So all, all your friends and mates from all over the city, they're... they're um, coming along to it. And um, anyway, as the, as the evening goes on, you notice something. You're sitting opposite Marky Mark from Shayla Park, and it becomes quite obvious that Marky Mark is chugging through the mocktails. It's become really clear he's got a mocktail addiction. Now, he's already scarfed 10 mocktails at $16 a pop, and you've had one piddly little 150 mil Sauvignon Blanc, because you're in control, and I know how many mocktails he's chugging because I've counted the paper umbrellas that are at the side of his plate. Hey? What? No, at the restaurant afterwards. Thank you for closing it. Oh, we're at a restaurant. Sorry, did I miss that bit out? Anyway. See, what's interesting is when we come to split the bill at restaurants, our math skills are amazing. <laughs> but I want to be honest with you, some of us have a real difficulty working out what 10% of what we earn is. <laughs> okay, representation number four. Okay, these are the new chairs. This is what this is what your giving went towards last year. Yes. Now with inflation, we only managed to buy two. Heather and I. Uh, our bottoms are older and wider. These are for wider loads, I think you'll notice. Now, actually, there was a muck-up on the order, and they, uh, they thought they were coming, and we've ordered 200, um, and they will be arriving, but we only got two, so they're representation of what's coming. And I'd, I'd like Pastor Fred to come up. He's going to share something at this point. Um, but I'd like, you to, I'd like you to come and try it, Fred. I'll, I'll I have a pretty wide load. Sorry, <laughs> People are going to fall asleep it's during so, our sermons. No, no, we can just go longer. <laughs> People are going to be like seventh heaven. The other day, Jessie was saying that when she's receiving during sermons, she wants to be able to put her neck back. Oh. Bill Johnson is asleep because he's 80. <laughs> These are so comfortable. You can laugh like a hyena and still be comfortable. Why don't you just chill out there while I... I will. Just relax. <laughs> Two. There we go. Thanks, God. Thanks, Brad. You really came through for me there. I was struggling massively. Um, oh, Brad's got the thing in the seat. Shut up. So um, I just wanted to say uh, that um, talking about... So Pastor, Pastor Dad's obviously really disconcerting. <laughs> like when Rich Wilkinson has it, it's cool. When Dad's home, I'm like, what is happening? So Dad's obviously breaking down amazingly giving and tithe and, and leading into next week because obviously we need to 
understanding of step one before we diligently and, and, and productively do step two. Uh, and so I was praying uh, this afternoon, and obviously me and Adam have been praying uh, the last couple of weeks about legacy offering. And if I can be super honest, the number that he's given us is horrific. It's really bad. Like, I was like, babe, I think this. And she's like, I think this. And we were like... <laughs> um, and what's my point? My point is I would encourage you to pray on something that scares you. And, and I was reading in Luke 5 where Jesus says to the disciples, he says, cast out unto deep water. Put out unto deep. Dad talked about this a bit with the shore. And Simon Peter goes, we've been out there. And he goes, do it again. And they go, all right. And so they go out into deep water. And what happens is they receive a huge catch. And what that tells me is that the deeper we go, the bigger the catch. Yeah. Right. And we never want to be prosperity, but we also don't want to, in an attempt to be politically correct, not actually preach biblical precepts right and so my encouragement to you on a practical level because if I can be honest with you young adults like 80% of our legacy offerings come in the morning but there's way more of us so I understand wage differentials but not that much so what I want to encourage you to do whether you have a full-time job whether you work at Pizza Hut whether you work at wherever you whatever you do Pray this week. Don't give an emotionally driven, when I'm up here sweating next week, showing you the things, showing you all of Paris's amazing graphics and what we're doing, go, oh, yeah, I'll give 50 bucks to that. Seems valid. Pray this week. Get a word from God. Cast out to deep waters. Let it scare you a bit. Amen? So good. So, um, yeah, Fred, that number that's so big... I just hope it's not going to impact on my 60th birthday present. <laughs> hey, look, I feel um, I've probably got about 10 minutes to go, so you're still all with me, I believe. I, I, so why am I going after giving and tithing generosity rather than going talking about legacy offering? So this is what I really feel like the Holy Spirit is on, is that if we would adjust our weekly, our giving, our monthly, weekly, whatever it is, giving, actually legacy offering we could use for even greater reach for things. What about if we were able to open, I don't know, a soup kitchen, you know, that fed people, rather than meeting, in a sense, our needs. I've got no issue, we have needs, you know, that's not the issue. What about if um, we were able to, I don't know, touch other churches in India? What if, you know, because we actually went, you know what, this stuff should be the stuff we just take care of on a day-by-day basis. Legacy should be about, legacy should be about uh, maybe 40% on us and 60% sending it around the world or whatever. I believe that's where we're headed. So that's why I'm spending so much time... Okay. Representation. So these chairs represent 200 chairs that are coming. You. You will have cush for your tush. <laughs> anyway, but think about it. God is big into representation. Okay. We're not just talking about sal- uh, tithing here. We're talking about salvation. See, if God isn't big on representation, then Jesus' death in my place has no effect. He represented me, literally. Representation is the whole purpose of sacrifice, a lamb. Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I can't over-spiritualize it, but I want to tell you something. And I really believe the Holy Spirit wants to to smash down the strongholds in our minds that, that are resistant. And tell you that when you give, actually... It's a whole spiritual realm. It represents the whole. It represents so much more. Behold, the Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. The only reason you and I are saved today is because Jesus represented us on the cross. Delivered me from death. The beautiful thing is God didn't give his worst. He gave his best. The Lamb without blemish. Jesus, the light of the world, his beloved son. No sin in him. You know, Holy Spirit's just on that sentence. Let it filter into your heart for a second. 
we have to turn our lives around from whether we're talking about serving, finance, loving in our families, we have to turn it around from I will give you a minimum to I want to give you my all, Jesus. I give it my all lifestyle. When you take your 10% finance and you worship God with it, give it, you're saying, God, my income's your business. You're saying, I turn over my finances to you. Everything to do with finances are in your hand. Yeah, you have responsibilities, but you're saying, this is it, God, this is me. See, we talk about, I've decided to follow Jesus. I give you my everything. I'll do whatever you ask me. But if in the area of finance we're holding out because what if God doesn't come through, what are we saying? At my age, I'm saying, giving extravagantly, my retirement is in your hands, God. It's very real for me. My promotions and my advancements are in your hand. My wage rises are in your hand. I believe God will give you wage rises when you weren't expecting them. You know, it hasn't always been easy, but God provides. My future is in your hands. I'm worshipping you, God, with this 10%. And with it, I'm saying everything in it belongs to you. The house I live in, the clothes that I'm wearing is for you. Malachi 3 verse 8. I promise you we're finishing. You ask, how have we robbed you? The tithe and the offering. That's how. And now you're under a curse. Now bear with it. I know we hate that word. Now you're under a curse. The whole lot of you because you're robbing me. Turn to your neighbor and say, heavy. I love the heavy. (laughs) Turn to your neighbor and say, I can help you with that. But we need to take a little bit more medicine before we get some help. Spending what is due God is not a smart move. The enemy will come along and say, hey, if you don't give, you can actually afford that house. I believe we're going to hear testimonies of people say, I gave to God and I got a bigger house, a better place, a better position. Things came in. My testimony is we were driving past a house that had been sold. I know you've heard this before. And I said to Heather, I just, I said, that's the sort of house I would have had. We'd already signed a contract around the corner. That contract fell over. That house came. They rang us and said, oh, there's a house come up. They didn't know. It was that house that I'd said, God, that's the sort of house I wanted. He takes care of the little detail when we don't consume things on ourselves. Let me, uh, let me just say this to you. If there's a knot in your heart, literally now, if there's annoyance in you, if there's resistance to what you're hearing, is this, is, you know, is this really the Holy Spirit? or uh, Is this an, an area, though, of trust? Is this an area of, I don't want you to touch this? see, we're talking about blessing and cursing. Now, we're under a new covenant, so we're not a cursed people. I get that. But we're talking about spiritual things. Nevertheless, we are talking about spiritual things. Because I do believe if we're not generous, we're actually living under an old covenant. But when we move into the new covenant, we become so generous. So it may be, and I believe it is, that resistance is actually the enemy trying to hold you back from the new covenant. Not trying to, the Holy Spirit trying to force you into an old covenant. Maybe in, I know in, in my life where, in a sense, there's been a, an unregenerative work, as it were, that, uh, that need, God, I needed help with. You know, there's sometimes been resistance. I've prayed for people that have come up the front, and it's not that, they, but there's a resistance sometimes. And then the Holy Spirit works, and the barriers drop. 
and he moves in. All I'm saying to you is, don't just flick this stuff away. You at least have to go home and go, you know what, God, I want to hear what you believe about finance. You owe it to yourself to release the blessing over your life in this area. Abraham's gift, number five, and in closing, Abraham's was a classy gift. You see, Abraham wasn't just blessed because God said so. He was blessed because he did things. He followed God. He was corrected by God. He was teachable. He gave. There's a scripture we don't, I don't want to read it, but we'll put it up. Genesis 14, 16 to 20. And uh, he go. It, enemy takes away all his family and, the, and robs them. Abraham decides to go and get it back. He goes and gets it back. As he comes back with all the spoils and all the people he's rescued, Melchizedek, who's a type of Jesus, but Melchizedek comes out and he blesses Abraham and he brings him bread and wine. Um, there's all these wonderful types in there of, of, of communion and Jesus and you know all that stuff. He said, Blessed be Abraham by God most high, creator of heaven and earth. Blessed be God most high who has defeated your enemies for you. And then Abraham gave Melchizedek a tenth of all his goods he recovered. This is so key to what we're talking about tonight. Because when we don't actually give back to God, we're saying, actually, it was me that defeated my enemies. But really, God is saying to us tonight, hey, it's me that's defeated your enemies for you. Let's, let's, you know, he's he's not a boastful God, but he's actually saying, "Uh, you need a perspective, guys. I've set you free. I've given you salvation. It was all me. I want you to enjoy the benefits and the blessings of it, but it was all me. I know every victory in my life is not because, yes, I've prayed, yes, I've worshipped, yes, I've done some hard yards, but it was all God. So Abraham went down, he did the high, but he went, you know what? It was God. Everything I have is because of the victory you've given me. And because of that, I'm going to tithe, I'm going to tenth, I'm going to give to you all of the goods that have been recovered. He gives your enemies to you tonight. Let's stand together, please. Remember, the worship team could come up. Some of us have a really poor experience of finance in church. And I get that. But God wants to work on our hearts tonight. Because these can be areas that actually stop us functioning so well. Um, Let me say this. Don't change your godly habits because of someone else's poor behavior. Don't, Don't change your godly habits because of someone else's poor behavior. You know, I had stuff modelled in my life, really poor leadership stuff, and then some great leadership stuff, and I've had to sort out what was good and what was bad. Honestly, as a group of mainly, mainly young adults, that is going to be your life, sorting out what is good, what is bad, what is God saying. Yeah. That's bad, that's good, I'm going after God. Yeah. It's time for you to cross something tonight, I believe, and for us as a church that we're going to believe and see financial blessing and release in all of our lives. You may not have come here tonight even, I don't know, thinking about relationship with Jesus or you might not even know what you needed but we don't want to ever take miss the opportunity to to ask to put you back in help you get back into relationship with Jesus to to find the father to know the father's heart to know the love of Jesus Christ you might be feeling in your heart tonight I don't know what I'm doing I don't even know why I'm here but I need something I want to tell you what you need tonight is Jesus in your life and in your heart And he wants to not just relieve you for a moment. He actually wants to bring you release from sin. He wants to bring joy to your heart again. He wants to make life worth living. And so we're just going to bow our heads. Everyone to bow your head, close your eyes. And, um, you know, the Holy Spirit is in this place without a doubt tonight. And we've been talking about finance and, and so on, but it all ties into relationship with God. But if that's you tonight, 
if you're here and you're like, I, I need something. I need Jesus Christ. I know I need relief from sin. I need to know that my that my uh, that my ter- I've got eternal security. Um, then it's so important that we we do that. So. If that's you, while everyone's got their heads bowed and their eyes closed, if you just raise your hand across this place. There's one over here at the back. That's wonderful. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Just take a few more moments. We never want to rush this. This is, this is eternal decisions. This is huge. This is people saying, I love you, Jesus. I need you in my life. Is there anyone else? Okay, we well, rejoice with the one. Listen, I tell you, this is so wonderful. So wonderful. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pray, and we're gonna repeat together. Jesus, I give you my life. I'm so sorry for the things I've done. Lord, I need your help. I thank you for salvation. I thank you that you give it to me now. I invite you into my life. I thank you for the forgiveness of sin. I thank you that I'm made new. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for washing me whiter than the snow. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. That's amazing. Thank you. We're going to worship. We're going to worship. I just want to, I'm not going to labor a um, prayer time. I just want to say, if you felt like you've been under bondage for whatever reason in the finance areas, if you felt like there's been no freedom of funds coming in or you've not seen what you believe God for, I believe God wants to break that off tonight. I think he's saying that this is a, this far and no more. We need to move into a new relationship, a new covenant with him. People, there's people in here that need to make a new covenant with God. That God, I'm going to allow access into this area. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm going to allow you to breathe in. Come and fill this this vacuum, I'm making room for you tonight. So we will, we will worship. If you come up the front, we will pray for you. Um, we're not going to labour that, but thank you, team. Let's worship. But don't miss out on what God wants to release over you. It is so important moving forward. Come with your prayer about what you're going to um, give next week. Don't just forget about it. Pray over it. We've got a target of 25. If it goes beyond that, hey, I will send a bigger thing to Pastor Andrew. I'm happy with that. We're not going to spend it on ourselves. We're actually going to sow seed that is going to come back to us in other ways. So let's just really go for God. If you need prayer, we're just going to worship. We're not going to worship and worship. I just want to tell you, we're not going to worship and worship and worship. We're going to worship for for a few minutes. Make use of the time. Come forward. God wants to move in your life and fix things up. Amen.